Key to the Inside, a podcast by Corey Johnson-Levitt. By interviewing leaders from all branches of government, our podcast will provide insight and an up-close perspective into state and national government. Okay, welcome to the third edition of A Key to the Inside. Uh, I'm Ron Corey with Corey Johnson-Levitt. And we're excited to host Congressman John Molinar from the 4th Congressional District here in Michigan and learn about uh, what is going on in Washington, D.C. and uh, how the environment over there is affecting us here in Michigan, but most of all, how it's affecting our clients as well. Congressman, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your time. All right, let's get started. Way back in 1990, we first met each other while we were both working for a statewide candidate. And uh, both of us were basically drivers and handlers for this uh, specific candidate. I got to ask you, did you know then that someday you would go from being a local official in Midland to the state legislature to the U.S. halls of Congress? I mean, going from a degree, a chemistry degree in Hope uh, to a member of the powerful House Appropriations Committee is pretty impressive. Well, you know, I kind of got involved in politics late uh, compared to a lot of people, but, I, you know, I had started off working as a chemist. Uh, you kind of do what you grow up learning, and in my hometown in Midland was the home of Dow Chemical, and it wasn't until Bill Schuette really got involved in politics that I started following it, and I was in my 20s at that point, and it turned out I I lost my first election, and um, you know fortunately was able to then come back and serve at the local level, and then the state level, now the federal level, but. In these campaigns, you just never know what the future is going to bring, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve and to be able to help people. President Biden has been using this trillion-dollar figure a couple of times now since his inauguration, the latest one being uh, a $4 trillion spending proposal designed to redistribute the wealth in our nation, as he put it. Given your position on the Appropriations Committee, where do you see this proposal going, or better yet, what may it look like at the end of the day? Well, you know, the president campaigned as a, someone who was going to bring people together and work in a bipartisan way, and clearly he's not doing that. Uh, this spending uh, policies are really uh, going to endanger our our financial health as a country. And, you know, it's one thing to spend money on things that are needed and, you know, wise spending. and But when you start opening the door to these massive trillion dollar bills that you know, in the case of the last COVID bill, uh, less than 10% of it was actually related to COVID. It was other political priorities on the agenda. And and the same thing is happening now with the infrastructure proposal where, you know, less than 10% of that is actually going to roads, bridges, and, you know, things that we would consider infrastructure. And so I think that's where there's a breakdown. Uh, that's why he's not getting bipartisan support. He could if he focused on the key priorities, whether it's, you know, helping us navigate the pandemic and reopening our economy and getting kids back in school. And if it's building roads, bridges, runways for airports, even rural broadband or, you know, access to the Internet. I think all of those have bipartisan support. Unfortunately, the Green New Deal getting thrown into the mix as part of infrastructure uh, just isn't going to fly with Republicans and it's unfortunate that he's going down that track. Yes, trillion dollars uh, seems to be becoming the uh, common phrase now. 
Uh, obviously, uh, here in Michigan, we know we have a, a shortage of skilled trade workers, and we have a definite need uh, for improvement on roads, bridges, uh, closer to home for you, sewers, uh, and dams. Um, do you see some type of infrastructure project or uh, proposal coming out, or that's that's palatable for 50-50 split in uh, basically both chambers? Well, you know, the Republicans have come out with a proposal in the Senate that would be more of a, uh, I think it's more in the $600 billion range rather than $2 trillion. And what's interesting about that is the Democratic $2 trillion proposal only uh, has about $115 billion dedicated to roads, bridges, things that we would consider infrastructure. The Republican proposal actually more than doubles the funding that would go to roads and bridges and costs about a quarter of it. So, so to me, that would make a lot more sense. It'd be much more bipartisan. Look, we have infrastructure needs. I was actually with the governor this morning in Claire, where their MDOT is working on, you know, improving uh, 127, kind of the gateway to the north. And, um, you know, those are areas where there is bipartisan support for these kinds of investments and improvements. Uh, unfortunately, in Washington, there's such a political uh, agenda, the wish list from the progressive movement that uh, it's getting very hard to discern actually where the infrastructure is uh, in the infrastructure bill. Yeah, I guess what is the definition of infrastructure now is becoming a, a common question. Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, specifically on infrastructure. Um, I know you. I know you've had a couple conversations back uh, with President Bush or President Trump. I'm sorry, face to face, regarding uh, a very important infrastructure project here in Michigan, which is the Sulox. Um, have you been able to have the same conversation or same positive movement uh, with this administration as uh, as the last? Well, I, I have not, unfortunately, and and uh, you know it's it's pretty clear to me from the President Biden's budget proposal. He cuts a billion dollars from the Army Corps of Engineers. And so I'm going to be pushing back on that because ultimately the Army Corps is who's working on keeping the Asian carp out of the Great Lakes, uh, trying to you know help our navigable waters and, and work on water levels in the lakes. Uh, the Sioux locks were uh, working our way through, you know, building this new lock, which was started this past year. And we really need to fully fund that effort. It was something that, as you point out, we talked with the President Trump about. He understood it immediately because you have the iron ore coming from the upper Midwest that's used for manufacturing of cars, uh, appliances, you know, and, and it's a hundred year old infrastructure. And if it ever were to go down, the Homeland Security report said it would be the Achilles heel of the North American industrial economy not just Michigan, not just the Midwest, but the North American industrial economy. So to me, that's a huge priority. It was Governor Snyder's top priority. I know it has bipartisan support within our delegation. Unfortunately, we've got to get President Biden on board embracing this uh, in order to keep it going forward. Yeah, uh, we got a little bit of world news on that when the Suez Canal was uh, uh, was blocked. And uh, I could only imagine right. what happened if we lost locks at any any particular time. Um, right. 
Well, I want to jump to another area uh, that's very important to everybody, obviously, is what's going on today. I mean, I, you do sit on the Appropriations Subcommittee for Health and Human Services. You know, as a country, we've been, we've been very vigilant uh, in our preparation for an infinite number of scenarios that could pop up at any time that, to defend our country in a military way. Given what we've been all been going through with this COVID and disease and, you know, how it's affecting every bit of our life, is Congress or federal departments working together on kind of aggressively figuring out, you know, let's not let this happen again. How do we prepare ourselves for it? How do we make sure if it does happen, we get in front of it? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, you use the military example. And unfortunately, even the military would say often we find ourselves fighting the last war rather than the thinking ahead and anticipating what the needs are in the future. And, and clearly, you know, this, global pandemic, you know, it's something that Congress had actually been preparing for with the strategic national stockpile and different uh, investments in, in research. Uh, I think one of the great successes in the last year has been Operation Warp Speed, which was, you know, the combination of public and private uh, working together to develop in record speed uh, these vaccines that we're now using so I think there certainly is the capacity. One of the things we've learned though, is you also have to have the supply chain that can support drugs and medicines. And, and that really benefits Michigan. The more of the supply chain that we can bring back and manufacture in Michigan here in the United States, to me, that adds to our global security and, and preparation for, you know, I think all of us were scrambling when we'd hear that, you know, whether it was personal protective equipment or medicines that, you know, we didn't want to rely on China. We'd rather be relying on our own manufacturers and uh, be prepared going forward. So I think that will be a big part of the discussion as our with our subcommittee uh, and in Congress in general. Yeah, we've uh, learned uh, we weren't prepared for something. It definitely uh, cost us twice as much going forward. Uh, I'm going to shift over to, uh, I know another subject that's been dear, near and dear to your heart back, way back when you were uh, in uh, the state legislature, and that was uh, uh, refugees. Uh, I know you've been uh, heading heading up uh, the Chaldean end of uh, the refugee issues, but nationally, uh, with our borders that we share uh, with Mexico and others, uh, basically Central America, where, where, where are we on letting in or letting out or taking care of these people as they do come in? Well, I think it's important, Ron, and you know this as well as anyone, that America is a place that welcomes uh, people from all over the world and to come here legally, to participate in, in life here in America. And we want people who uh, want to live the American dream. And, and that's always been our heritage. Uh, unfortunately, as you point out at the border right now, uh, we have a lot of illegal uh, activity. Uh, and uh, it is a crisis point right now. I think uh, President Biden sent the wrong message right from the start that basically said, we're not gonna enforce border security and led people to believe that it was just time to come. Uh, and so the caravans started almost immediately. Uh, now, I will say that the Trump administration had secured agreements with Mexico, as well as the Northern Triangle countries of Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, mm -hmm. to figure out ways to help those local economies 
and also stem the flow of illegal immigration. Because what it does is creates an entire illegal, um, you know, the cartels, the human traffickers find ways to prey on people's intentions of, of trying to enter this country. And, um, and I think the President Biden sent the wrong message. I think he's trying to recover from that. Uh, he's placed uh, Kamala Harris in charge of that. Unfortunately, she still hasn't visited the border. And I think we really need to secure the border, send the message out that this is a welcoming country, but we're going to have people here who go through the legal process rather than the illegal process. And uh, he's got a lot of backtracking to do uh, on this. And unfortunately, it's creating a lot of problems at the border. Yeah, I think we've all learned America is a welcoming country if you want to be here and do things the right way. We've definitely shown that and proven that, uh, myself being a uh, an advocate and a victim of that at the same time. So, um, but no, I know a lot of people appreciate those efforts that you've been putting forth with uh, the Middle Eastern area of our globe uh, and allowing some of these, uh, more of these refugees to come in. Well, I'll tell you, the Chaldean community in particular you mentioned has contributed so much to Michigan and to our country. And it's uh, both the social fabric as well as the economic uh, engine that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and people who come to this country and really want to participate in a way that is right in line with the vision of our founders in this country. And, and to me, you know, when I think of your heritage and, uh, you know, what you've shared with me, you know, this is something that where we want to have America, our diversity is a strength in that area. Uh, I, my grandfather came from the Netherlands. And so, you know, he worked as a migrant farmer and until and, uh, he finally saved up enough money to buy a farm in Indiana. And, you know, he never went past the sixth grade in school, uh, but he was a hard worker and uh, he made the, you know, way for us to participate in this uh, wonderful country as well. There's a lot of great stories out there uh, for all of us. Um, let me ask you, what what uh, what are you working on? What's what's uh, Congressman Molinar doing, keeping busy other than uh, defending uh, the the good faith and conservatism? What what else are you working on? Well, one particular area I've worked on that I think is really important to Michigan is rural broadband. I I think all of us through the pandemic have seen whether it's you know children who need to be educated and and. You know, in some of the parts of my district, you know, you have kids going to their high school parking lot so they can access the internet, do their homework. When you think of telemedicine, all the advances that are taking place, um, you know, I've worked on some legislation called the Boost Act that would make, uh, you know, as we're building out fiber throughout our state, in the short term, there's a need for immediate access that's going to take some time before we have the fiber entirely built out and so it's a proposal that kind of makes it more accessible it doesn't pick winners and losers but allows people to have a bit of a tax credit that would offset some of the costs of accessing um, you know, wireless technologies and uh, and again recognizing that in the long term we're building out and that's important to do i uh, i would hope you would have bipartisan support on uh such a uh, this effort we do in fact uh one of my co-leads on it is jimmy panetta from california who is uh, on the ways and means committee uh sanford bishop who chairs our agriculture subcommittee is uh also a co-sponsor and 
we're lining up, you know, our Michigan delegation as well as people across the country who have seen the need for this. And, you know, I think all of us uh, benefit when we have a strong infrastructure of internet. Yeah, well, absolutely. I think showing people that we can work together uh, is definitely good news for back home. Um, I know uh, we got a couple more minutes, but I'll, I'll, I want to throw out some quick, quick, quick questions. You can give short answers on, and uh, we'll see how creative we can uh, we can come up with some answers here. So, since you've been in Congress, I know you've been on numerous different committees. Which committee did you enjoy, or have you enjoyed the most? You know, I, I'll tell you, being I'm on the uh, Appropriations Committee, and I uh, am on the Agriculture Subcommittee which is vital to Michigan. Uh, it also oversees the FDA. Uh, and then the Labor Health Education Subcommittee, which you know involves a lot of the different programs that we've talked about. But in the midst of this pandemic, having oversight of the NIH, the CDC, the research going on, as well as the FDA, it's really given me a chance to see the important work, whether it's Operation Warp Speed or the different agencies that are stepping up and trying to help address this problem. Uh, it's been a fascinating time to be part of it. Uh, I would imagine appropriations has uh, lends itself to a lot of good uh, a lot of good stories and a lot of good projects. So uh, who, on that then, who have you enjoyed working with the most? You know, I, I enjoy working in our Michigan delegation. We've got good people to work with. You know, on, on my uh, health subcommittee, Tom Cole from Oklahoma has been a mentor. He's one of these sort of longtime statesmen that is just uh, a pleasure to be around. Um, you know, you know, a lot of times Congress gets a bad name because there's some bad actors. But in general, most of the people that I've worked with in my time, whether it was in the state legislature or in Congress, are people who are trying to do good things for their state or their country, their district. Uh, and uh, and it's really been fascinating to see the backgrounds of people from people with medical backgrounds, military backgrounds, agriculture. Uh, everybody has a unique skill set that they bring to the equation and, you, and you're able to learn from people based on their prior experience. What's the hardest part? Well, I think, you know, the the travel and, and you know, it's uh, definitely where, you, you know, you're connecting in your hometown, your home community with your family, but then also trying to connect, you know, at the seat of government. And, and sometimes you feel like you've got a, a foot in both uh, worlds. And so, uh, you know, with the pandemic, it's it's definitely made it less of a you know, Congress is where you congregate, right? Well, the buildings have been shut down uh, due to COVID and then some of the security issues. And so it's taken some of the joy of being around people, seeing the student groups that come and visit the Capitol, seeing families, you know, going there on tour, that's taken some of the joy out of that. And hopefully we'll be able to get back to normal as quickly as possible and and for families to be able to enjoy our nation's capital once again we hope so we hope so uh yeah i, I we've uh, i think we've all learned even here at our state capital uh collaboration in the hallways does lend itself to some good ideas or good strategies and uh sure. it's it's a shame that a lot of us haven't been able to do some of that uh, like we have to like we used to uh, in the past but um, so when you have downtime, 
I know you have six kids. I think if I remember correctly, they're kind of scattered all over America. But uh, yeah. what's, what's your favorite thing to do? Well, we, we spend a lot of time trying to catch up with each of the kids. And uh, yeah. and uh, now we are grandparents, so we have two grandchildren. Um, you know, I, I love being outside. You know, this time of year in Michigan, you just cannot beat uh, the opportunities. And, right. and I have a district that, you know, we get to enjoy a lot of the unique aspects of Michigan. Um, you know, I used to love playing basketball. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, you know, I'm turning 60 uh, this year, so uh, I'm probably not doing as many activities as I used to do. I'm still doing the congressional baseball game, though, and uh, so go. we're looking forward to doing that in uh, September. Perfect. Uh, books or music, which do you prefer? You know, I uh, I, I enjoy reading. Um, it's uh, it's something where um, you know I enjoy music too. I I find that uh, that you know I still think back to some of the best books that I've read, and and you know one of the my favorites is Team of Rivals uh, about Abraham Lincoln mm -hmm. uh, and his leadership. And I often think about just the qualities that made him a great leader, and 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 that book in particular uh focused a lot on his leadership but it's also a great history of the civil war and and also america during that era and so whenever i can combine sort of an interest in history as well as something that reads almost like a novel uh to me that's a a win-win well that's that's a great man to read about well congressman again uh i can't thank you enough for your time i know we don't see each other often enough but uh uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for what you're doing, for your service. Uh, you have a wonderful staff that have been fantastic to work with. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. All right. Well, thanks. Appreciate being on the podcast with you, Rod. This is my first one with you. And uh, I, I'm thinking with the pandemic, that's probably given you a lot of creativity to try some new things that uh, like to see that. We're always trying. We always have to be ahead of the game like everybody else. So. But John, All thank right. you. Bless your family now, and hopefully I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Ron. Take care. Thank you for joining A Key to the Inside, the KJL podcast.